felt led to do this, so we'll, we'll do this, and we'll see how it turns out. So uh, Luke chapter 1. But let us stand for the reading of God's Word for God's people. Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse number 39. Verse number 39 this morning. And Mary rose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into the city of Judah, Judea, and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary. The babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Let me pause there. For those that believe life don't begin until after birth, this right here contradicts that. That's a, that, that, that baby was alive. Yeah. And leaped in her womb. Amen. So those who believe that birth don't, life don't begin until after birth, they're wrong. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is thee, uh, this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For as low as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is he that believeth, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told by her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul do magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Let us pray. Father, we just come before you this morning. Lord, we thank you for what we've already heard, what's been a blessing for the kids. Lord, we just ask you to just help our hearts, help our hearts tonight, this morning, Lord, to, to be what we need to be, Lord. I pray for each one of the here today. I pray, Lord, that if, no, if there's someone here today that doesn't know you as their Savior, that they will come forth, Lord, and, and call upon thy name, Lord. Empty myself and fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. We have been doing a series on Sunday nights where we looked at the main verse of our uh, uh, thought from Psalms uh, 121. And it says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. Amen. We've already preached messages on that to help from the combat hills, uh, combat, the hill of com uh, commandment, and the hill of communion. But this morning we're going to look and visit the hill countryside. Not the hills, but the countryside. Uh, we'll join up with these two women uh, in this text. And I believe it can get a help and a blessing to you. That word magnified in verse number 46 means to celebrate. means to have joy. It means to shout. It means to give glory to God. So this morning we're going to look at the hill of celebration this morning. As you look at this, you'll say, what in the world does these two women have to celebrate about? If the world will look at these two women, these women were shouting and praising God and crying and lifting up their hands and, and having a good time in the Lord. And can I say this, uh, it's not a bad thing to just shout uh, and lift up your hand and praise God. It's not a bad thing. Uh, some people don't want to do it in church. But let me just say this, I love hearing people praise God. I love hearing people say, hey man, I love people when they raise their hand and just give God the glory. Glory, amen. So it is not a bad thing. And here these two women are having a great time. If somebody walked by the window and looked at this house, and they said, what in the world has got a hold of these two women? I tell you what, some of us need to get a hold of what got a hold of these two women right here, amen. I'm telling you, we have lost what we God has given us. Uh, can I say this? They're not rich people. 
They, they didn't get their clothes from uh, uh, off the, the uh, racks of uh, sacks uh, of New York. Uh, they, they didn't go to Paris and get all their clothes. Uh, uh, they didn't have the, the finest leather on their feet. Uh, these, these, these two ladies right here were actually poor. Elizabeth is married to a priest. And let me just throw this in there. Preachers ain't poor, ain't rich. They're not rich. So she's, Liz is married to a priest uh, and, and Mary's ex-spouse to a, a carpenter. And he ain't rich either. So these, these two ladies here ain't got nothing to shout about because they don't have actually anything. And even in their own country at this time, they're going through the worst time in their own history. They don't have a king sitting on a throne there. In fact, Rome is running their country for them. It is the worst time that they they got nothing to shout about. So if somebody saw these two women shouting and praising God and lifting their hands and crying, they would think, What in the world do they have to have be so excited, right? That they will celebrate. Listen, I know some Baptists and some Christians that if they don't have money, they can't rejoice. <laughs> I, I know some Christians and Baptists, if, if, if everything ain't going good in their life, they can't celebrate. I, I know some Christians that uh, the only time they celebrate is they got money in their bank account and when everything's going about to just right and everything. They, they can't shout about nothing. Listen, if all you got to do is celebrate about how much money you got in the bank, or what your 401k looks like, or how many friends you got, let me just say this, that ain't going to last long. That's going away. We got to where we celebrate these temporal things, things that we can grab a hold right now, and, and they soon leave our hands, uh, they lose our grasp. And you know, I can have money today and don't have it tomorrow, but that should not influence my celebration in God. Amen. But Christians allow themselves to get caught up in celebrating money, jobs, people, and wealth. Amen. Which these two women had neither. If you'd have walked by this house and these two women were shouting and praising God, you said, what in the world have they got to shout? What can they? You, you better find something that you can celebrate when you ain't got nothing. You better find something that can celebrate that'll carry you through those weak times, that'll carry you through those sick times, that'll carry you through those lean times when you ain't got no food. You better have something that celebrates you and you ain't got no money in the bank. You better have something that'll help you celebrate when everything comes against you and the world comes around you. You better have something that you can celebrate and not just temporal, but those things that are eternal. Amen. I'll I, I tell you, we, we celebrate sometimes. We got joyful today and we're down in the dumps tomorrow. We sing today and tomorrow with silence. You better find something in your life that you can cause you to celebrate 365, 24-7. You better find something in your life that it can hold on in those dark hours of your life. When the sun ain't shining, when the rain is pouring, it should be something that you can celebrate knowing that it's always going to be there. If it's raining, you fail to celebrate. If you don't want to celebrate light, you don't celebrate. 
You say, preacher, how can I get a hold of that kind of celebration? How can I get something in my life that I'll be happy about now, tomorrow, and forever? Well, you need to get a hold of what these two ladies right here got a hold of. I, I, I don't know if you caught on to this, but I'm going to preach on this, getting help from the hills of celebration. Something that you can get a hold of today that will take you to the end of days. That celebration. The Bible said this, if this life only we have a hope in Christ, then we are most miserable men. My hope and celebration it ain't just in what this life has. It ain't what's going on right now. But my hope and celebration is in the life that's coming after yeah. this. Amen. Yeah. I'm not just celebrating over the service or the songs that were sung or the program the kids just said. I am celebrating on the long term things what God has given us. I've got something that's going to carry me all the way into heaven and beyond. Amen. I'm celebrating what God said. I'm celebrating what these two ladies right here are celebrating. God has been good to us. Amen. We see the cause of celebration. What is the cause for this celebration? What is all this shouting about? This, this first thing that I see is the cause of his celebration. There was a realization in their lives. Something she realized that her celebration looked at. She realized in verse number 46, And Mary said, My soul do magnify the Lord. You know that that word magnifies something. It means if you magnify, if you take a magnifying glass and you hold it down over your watch, it makes it to your eye, it makes it look bigger, but it never changes the, the object. It never changes the actual size of your watch. You say, well, it makes it bigger in my eyes. What Mary is seeing, my soul is magnified. And she's seeing something that's bigger than she can realize. She has realized there's something bigger going on in her life than what she could actually see. It doesn't change the size of an object, but it breaks it bigger to your eyes. If you're taking a big, looking bigger object, what you're looking at stays exactly the same. What you're magnifying it, it, it doesn't change at all, but what you see becomes bigger in your life, becomes bigger in your soul. And that's what it says, do magnify the Lord. My soul, do magnify the Lord. You know what caused her celebration? She came to the realization that she served a mighty, mighty big God. She said, my soul do magnify the Lord. Can I tell you, you can't make God no bigger than what he is already. She's, uh, I can't reject it. You can't make God no bigger than what he's already done. I can't make him, I can't, I can have rejected God and went to hell. I would not have made God any bigger. I could have just laid down and not made God any bigger. But thank God of that day that I got to the altar and I cried on the Lord. I need something. And he came so big in my life it was magnified in my life and he came to my soul and saved my soul now I see him as a mighty mighty big God I don't know how you see God this morning but if you can't magnify the Lord God Jesus Christ in your soul bigger than anything else in your life
He needs to be back fast. You know what some Christians need to do today? They need to get some magnification of God this morning just to see just how big God really is. Some of us, we got him in a, magnus, a magnifying glass. You, you can't make him no bigger. But we sure like to make him bigger. Some of us have the little G God. We put him in a box and we say, hey, I've got my God right here. I'm carrying my God. You know, some people carry their God around their neck. Some people carry their gods on the dash of their cars. Let me just say this. If you're carrying your God around your neck, if you're carrying your God around your dash of your car, you ain't got the right God. It cannot help you. You've got to have the right kind of God. It's the little G God that a lot of us are putting out. I'll take God out of my box when I need him. I'll show him when I need to show him off. But let me just say this. My God is a mighty big God. You can't put him in a boxer. You can't put him on a dash. I can't wear him on my neck. He's a mighty big God. You need to get some magnification in your life and see God for who God is really is. She had a realization of who God was. We need to get that realization in our life on seeing who God really is. Look how big Mary found God was. Watch what she told this angel, told Mary in verse 37. For God, nothing shall be impossible. You got a problem, it ain't a problem for God. You can't solve it, God can solve it. You got a burden you can't carry, God can carry your burden. You can't do nothing about it, God can do something about it. She had this realization it does not make God any bigger who He is. If you make your uh, perception of God a whole lot bigger. You know, when kids see things, they see you do something. I, I, I love this. I used to be the same way when I was a kid. I saw my daddy do something, and I just knew right off the bat I could do it too. Now, fathers, you know that. You do something, your kids see you do it, they jump right up. I can do that. I can do that. We was at uh, doing the tours for tots the other day, and my truck had the back already locked up. And it ain't easy getting undone. So I'm over, and I get one of the sides undone like that. And I looked over at Lily, and she just jumped up on the other side. So I got this. I got this. She's over. Mm, 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 and she's standing. Mm. She looked at me and said, I can't do this. I got it. Unlike God. Now, you know a lot of Christians the same way. We get a hold of God and we say, Lord, I've got this. I'm pushing. I'm pushing. I, I got this, God. You know, I don't need your help, God. I've got this. I'm pushing. I know I got it. And finally you come to realization, I can't do this. Lord, you need to do this. Yeah. Amen. She, Mary came to the realization of who God was. We need to come to the realization of who God is in our life. Not only was there a realization, there was a recognition for the cause of celebration. Look what verse 48. For he had regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generation shall be blessed. You see what has just happened? When you start magnifying the Lord in her sight, God gets bigger. And you know what? She realized that the mighty big God has taken notice of her 
For he had regarded the low estate. She didn't build herself up saying, look at me, Mary Elizabeth. I am something. I am great. Look at me. All this has been blessed. No, God has blessed me to carry his son. Look at me. No, she said, I regarded my low estate. She didn't. She said, I don't understand how God that big, how God was nothing impossible for him to do that was sit in the throne of glory of God and would look down and take notice of me. Psalmist said, what is a man that thou art mindful of him? Who are we that God would look down and have pity and mercy and regardeth us and have recognition for us? You know what caused you a little bit of celebration in your life today? Time after time you realize and recognition that God is something greater than you, bigger than you. God took time out of what God is doing and looked down on a world of sinners like you and I. And every last one of us lost and on our way to hell. But God took knowledge of the lowest estate of every mankind. And you know what she realized, she recognized she said, from the wrong side of the tracks, I'm not like I'm supposed to be. I'm not a, a great person. She was from Nazareth. And Nazareth is a place where the scriptures said they came from, told Nathaniel that come, see, we have found the Christ. And he asked, where is he from? He said, he's, he's from Nazareth. And he said, can any good thing come from Nazareth? Yes. That's where Mary's form from. It's on the wrong side of the tracks. And yet God came by where she was. Let me just say this. I don't care how low you get. I don't care how far you get. I don't care what you've done or where you're going. God can come by you. I don't care what you've done or where you are. God can come by you and touch your heart this morning. Look at verse 35. And the angel said, answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest, highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Verse 47, And my spirit had rejoiced in my God, my Savior. She was celebrating because she was redeemed this morning. She said, He regardeth me. He is my Savior. Let's stop right there just for a moment. I don't know what kind of Bible you got, what kind of Bible you carry around. I carry the King James Bible. And if you look in the King James Bible, you look at that word Savior, it is spelled S-A-V-I-O-U-R. All the other Bibles on the market spell it S-A-V-I-O-R. That means anything, anybody can be your Savior, anything that can redeem you is your Savior. But S-A-V-I-O-U-R means the only one. Jesus Christ, He's the only one that can redeem you. That's my Savior, and that's why I say, hey, if you're going to spell Savior, it has to be S-A-V-I-O-U-R. And that is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ only. So if you got one of those Bibles that has a different spelling of Savior, get rid of it. Get a hold of the one that can make it. We see she celebrated because 
recognition. She celebrated because he regarded. We celebrated because he redeemed her. We see the characters of this celebration. Notice who the characters are in this celebration. It's, it's Mary and Elizabeth. They are the two that are in the midst of this celebration. I hate to bust your bubble this morning, but here we find women that are worshiping, Amen. shouting, Amen. praising God, Amen. lifting their hand, getting happy in the Lord. Now, now just stay, let me just say this. God does everything in decent order. But there ain't nothing wrong with a woman shouting. There ain't nothing wrong with a woman raising her hand. There ain't nothing wrong with God praising God. Amen. There ain't nothing wrong. Well, glory, ain't it good this morning? Do you see these women are celebrating this morning? They are celebrating the miracle birth. Mary, she said, the Holy Ghost came upon her and the power of her on the highest overshadowed her and put something in her. That sounds just like what happened to me. That sounds just like what happens to everybody to get saved. I came to God. He got, got down on my knees and says, Lord, I need you. I can't do it on my own. I can't carry this burden no more. I got down on my knees and I begged unto him and he came to me and put something inside of me that changed my life. Uh, he put something on inside of her that changed her life and now I have that miracle birth today. Born again. Amen. Can I say this? Jesus said you cannot see the kingdom of heaven unless you be born again. You got to be born again. You got to have that miracle birth again. How in the world can I have a miracle birth? Oh, praise God. You get to pray to God. You get asked God to come inside of you. You'll know you got that miracle birth. You'll know something has changed inside of you. You'll get a hold of you. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. She said he came on and overshadowed me and put something inside me. The seed of God. First John said, we know that Elizabeth not, is not like Mary. But Elizabeth's got something miracle going on in her side, her too. She, in fact, Elizabeth is past childbearing age. Both of them have a miracle birth going on. God can do all things. There's nothing impossible with God. And somehow these two pregnant women come together. Oh, my, my. I don't know how many women here have been pregnant or not. Hang with. But ain't it funny that when, I, when my wife got pregnant the first time, the doctors didn't know it. She didn't know it, but I certainly did. I knew she was pregnant. I told my wife, you are pregnant. She said, no. And I said, you better go to the doctor. You're pregnant. And sure enough, she was pregnant. But I find out that when she was pregnant, she always gravitated to other pregnant women. It's like that belly go beep, 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 find that woman. And, and you start, they start talking because they got things in common. Things I don't want to talk about. Morning sickness, 
They got something in common that they can come and share. They talk about this over and over. And I don't want to get involved with that stuff, formulas and all that. I don't want to, uh-uh, uh-uh. But when they get, the pregnant women get together, it's almost like they got some bond going on with them. Can I say this? <laughs> Elizabeth is pregnant, and we know who she's pregnant with. Mm -hmm. Mary's pregnant. We definitely know who she's pregnant with. There's an older woman and a younger woman, and yet they're hand in hand worshiping and praising God. They got something in common. Can I say this? What worked for grandma and grandpa should work for the kids. Listen, the way we worship here should not change the way they're worshiping down there. What's going on up here does not change on the way they're worshiping down in children's church. What they're doing is preparing them to be right here when they get old enough to sit right here. And the worship is no different. We don't need some newfangled worship. We don't need some new style. I don't need no contemporary style. What was good for Elizabeth is good for Mary. I'm saying this. My grandma and grandpa worship in church is the same worship that is good for them should be worshiping that I'm worshiping the same God I'm worshiping the same Bible I'm not changing I'm not giving up I am saying praise God I'll worship this way to the day I go home amen praise the Lord we want to change everything well you got to come in church prim and proper amen I'm telling you I walked in one church and preached in the church and I thought everybody was dead Started to call the ambulance. It probably took them an hour to find which ones were alive, which ones weren't. They were just. And then the preacher come up to me and said, Brother, we can't have you back here no more. <laughs> you, you, you stir up some people in here. I said, Well, I can't help it. This is the way I am. Worship should not be any different. There's no difference in their ages. The worship should be the same. Hey, the same, I guarantee you go down there, they worship the same way we worship it here. Amen. 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 They're, they're reading the same Bible that yeah. we're reading. Yeah. She's teaching us, praise God. She's teaching us the same thing that we teach here. Your children, when they go home, they know the Word of God because it's being taught to them down there. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. I, praise, I praise them down there. I'll lift them up. Give them praise, give them glory. I'm telling you, it ain't nothing like having the second birth. The Bible said that you must be born again. John 3, 3 says, Jesus answered, he said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. You got to be born again. Elizabeth had a miracle birth. Mary had a miracle birth. You and I that's born again on the way to heaven has had that miracle birth. Problem is, can I say this? The problem is we sit in the pews and yawn over the truths of the word of God that our parents and grandparents used to shout over. We've gotten to the place where it's no longer an effect us or move us. We have no longer celebrate on them. God help us this morning and once again to celebrate over the things of God. Get excited about what God has done for you. Get excited about where God has gone to prepare for you. We don't get excited no more. We see the characters of the celebration. We see the cause of celebration.
Can I say there was a circulation of their celebration? Verse 65. And fear came upon on all that dwelled around about them. And all these sayings were noise. I love that word noise. I love that. I like noise. <laughs> what were they talking about? Praising God and shouting. Ain't none of this noise you hear outside. Abroad through all the hill count of Judea, and all they had heard laid them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. Do you notice what it said? As soon as all, their, all this stuff happened, as soon as all this shouting and praising God, these saying, they said, got noise. They were telling it throughout the countryside of Judea. Listen to me. They're not concealed what's going on inside the house. They're circulating what's going on inside the house, outside, everywhere they're going. They tell, Do you know how to tell if somebody has real celebration? Mm, 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 mm. You know how to tell if somebody's got real celebration in their life. It's easy to celebrate inside these four walls. It's easy to shout inside the four walls. It's easy to encourage other people to shout inside this four walls. But when you walk at that door right there, do you become silent? Are you still praising God when you walk out that door? Are you carrying that noise out in this world, telling everybody what Jesus Christ has done, where he's brought you from, how he saved you, how you're born again? Are you telling, are you celebrating Christ outside the four walls? Amen. You can tell people who's got that real celebration. You can tell some people just knows what God has done for them. One of the greatest evangelistic tools we have to get them in this building. 90% of the people in here have gotten saved in some kind of church service. Sunday night, Wednesday night or Sunday, or during a revival. The best thing that we can do is to get them here and let the Holy Spirit start moving in their hearts. I, I can't change them. You can't change them. But God, all things are possible with God. He certainly can change them. If they open their hearts and Lord, I, I know I'm a sinner. I'm on my way to hell. Without you, I, I'm dying and going to hell. But I know uh, right now if I call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll come into my heart and you'll give me something to celebrate today. Do you have real celebration today? Can you say I've got something to shout about in here? That when I go outside, I'm still shouting. I'm telling everybody that I come in contact with who I am, who I'm for, and where I'm going. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not telling people something wrong, we've got a cause for celebration. We are the characters in the celebration this morning. We've had that miracle birth, and we ought to be circulating into the world this morning. Help from the hill of celebration. It may be a while since you celebrated. Maybe it's been a while since you celebrated anything to do with God. Maybe you got saved. And you're not living that state of celebration like you should this morning. Maybe you're lost and you don't know how to celebrate. I invite you to come to the altar. Maybe you've allowed the devil to steal your celebration this morning. 
The Bible said all the days of the afflicted are evil. But he that is a merry heart have a continual feast. That's just said, hey, he who has Christ, who has Christ has him, you got joy unspeakable, full of glory. But if you don't have him, you got, you got afflicted, you got burdens, you got trials. And can I say this? I, I, I've had too many preachers tell me, well, if you got sickness in your life and you got burdens in your life, then you must not be saved. Well, I'm sorry to tell you that. Bible, Jesus said they hated me, they afflicted me. They're going to do it to you too. They're going to hurt you. They're going to hate you. So don't let somebody say, well, if you're not, you're not saved if everything in your life. I'm, I'm telling I'm tell you, ain't every day a good Friday. This ain't your best day. Your best day is coming. <laughs> there, you're, you're going, there's a best day coming. And that is when you leave this world, enter into that world, that's the best day coming. I'm not worried about what's going on here, but I'm going to tell you while I'm here, I'm going to celebrate what God has done for me, what he's preparing for me and where he's taking me. And I want everybody to go with me. I'm just going to tell the world, Jesus Christ is Lord. Maybe the devil has stole your celebration. He's robbed you of your joy. Took your peace. Can I tell you, you come to the altar this morning and say, Lord, he's taken everything from me, but I'm going to start taking things back this morning. I'm going to get my joy back. I'm going to get my peace back. I'm just going to say, Lord, here I am. And if I don't have that birth, I'm going to come and say, Lord, I want that birth in my life that I know you, that I can walk out these doors. And I'm celebrating what you've done for me. Lest you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Cut and dry. I'm not going to be like some preacher sugarcoated. Well, God loves everybody. God don't send anybody to hell. You're right. God doesn't send anybody to hell. You send yourself. But God's giving you the opportunity today to make that choice where do you want to live at. Amen. You say, well, I don't believe in living eternally. Well, I'm telling you what. The Bible says you'll live eternally somewhere. Amen. In fact, the Bible says hell will enlarge itself daily to engulf those who reject Christ. The only way you're going to hell is because you reject Christ. You reject him, you heals your home. 